and welcome to the Live Point Podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. We hope you're inspired by this message. What's up, 12 o'clock? You guys doing good? God bless you. So glad each and every one of you are in the house today. Super exciting. And uh, we're going to get into this. Yes, I entitled the series, Shut Up and Love Me. And as I told the, yeah, for, for the, uh, for all the Pharisees in the house, <laughs> don't send me any emails this week. And, uh, you know, we're just, there's a reason that I entitled that, and we'll get to it in just a minute. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Rich. I'm the lead pastor here. It's an incredible privilege to serve you in this wild, wild time that we're living in. And um, it's a great time to be alive, and it's a great time to understand the calling of God on your life, the chosenness of God, to walk the path that he has for you, to minister to the people that he has in front of you and around you. And no matter what your situation is, there's always somebody who needs to hear about the love of Jesus. And we're going to get to that in just a little bit. I want to give a little more detail before we go any further about the marriage conference. Um, We've got it March 4th. It's happening right here. It's one night, one night marriage conference. We want you to be here. Marriage, the biblical definition of marriage. If you need help understanding that, come talk to me. I'll help you understand that. Um, Unfortunately, we have to really lay that out in today's terms, but it's important that we do lay that out. But biblical marriage, and we want everybody to be here. If you are married uh, in, in this house under God's laws, we want you to get here because how many of you could improve in your marriage? Anybody? I know I can. I'm getting better, but I have a long way to go, right? And thank God that he's still working on me. But my friends, Chris and Brittany Height, they're coming down from Daytona Beach, Florida. They pastor Jesus Church, and it's going to be a great, great time. They're wonderful people. They've got kids of their own. They fostered before. And so they're, they're, just, they're just incredible people, and they just love Jesus a whole lot like us. And so they're going to come and share, and it's going to be a great night. There will probably be some games and a couple of prizes and um, probably some strawberries or something. We'll figure all of that out later. I'm not all into that details. But by the way, happy February. So we're like 9% done with the year. That's crazy. How did that happen, right? January was like, pow, 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 gone, you know, and this month is short. We know that. And this, by the way, this is a crazy month. It's a crazy month. It's just weird, right? You can't go anywhere without like red hearts and that's fine. Like I don't mind going to Walgreens and seeing giant tubs of chocolate. That's not a problem. Um, but it's like I can't win, you know, with the advertising, K's Jewelers and, you know, every kiss begins with K and Tiffany's and this and that. And if you buy this and if you go here and if you get a reservation here and do all this, if you just follow all of the, the lines that the world gives you and buy this and do this and take some time here and carve out and get a babysitter and come to the marriage conference and all the things that man puts in your place, right, you're going to think that that's going to eclipse all the the bad you've done that week or that year or for the last decade. And, and maybe it will for a moment, but here's, here's what I truly believe is that we don't need more stuff, right? We just need to understand the love of God better. We need to treat each other better. We need to talk to each other better. And we need to live with the authentic, real love of Jesus Christ flowing out of us. And that's something, when that happens, when I'm close to God, it just comes out of me. It's not something where I have to go in the corner and just, like, muster up some real love, right? Let me just try real hard and squeeze out a drop of love for my wife. No, it just happens out of a right heart, a right place, a right relationship with God. And I want that for you. And really today's message specifically, not this series, but today's message specifically, I very much want to just stir your pot. I'm a good pot stirrer anyway. I like that. But I want to stir your pot today. I want to get you thinking, and I want you to go home and wrestle with some thoughts about this, this stuff. And, you know, it's going to be an incredible. But February is what it is. But we are called to love each other 
with a, with a crazy Christ-like love. And that's a tall order. And I just pray that this week and this month is not the only time that you express your love to your spouse or to each other in this church or to the people in this community because there is a whole world out there that does not understand love. They do not understand it. There's probably in this room uh, a whole lot of people who are, are, are messed up because somebody distorted love along the way for them. Maybe somebody hurt you along the way. Maybe they never told you that they loved you and you've never experienced the anything but the love of Christ and you're trying to wrestle with like why this happened or why that happened and, and how can this be and, and if nobody has ever told you in your life, I want to tell you. I just want to tell you that I love you. I love you. And you go like, you don't even know me. I was like, I don't, I don't have to know you, but I know him and he knows me and he knows you and he loves you and he loves me and so some supernatural love comes over me and enables me through the power of the Holy Spirit to go, I love you and actually really mean it. I mean it. My daughter always says, Dad, you've never met a stranger. And I really like, I love people. I love people and I want them to meet Jesus. And I want them to experience what I've experienced in my life with the love of Christ. And it's something beautiful. But a lot of people are just wrestling with what love really is. And what is love? Not like, what is love? You know, not like that. But, you know, I know I just get that out of the way before everybody starts thinking about it. But where did it come from, right? Can, can it last? Can love last? Because some of you have thought you loved somebody before, or maybe you have loved somebody before, and that didn't last, and we know with the love of God it can, but we want to unpack some of this. Maybe some of you are asking the question, does God really love me? If, if, if he really loves me, then, then why did this happen, or why did I pray this, and it didn't, it didn't come about the way that I thought it would? And that's a great question. Maybe another great question is, do I really love God? And there's a way that we can find out about that, and we'll see. But I want to uh, get you to turn over to the book of 1 John. It's in the back half of the New Testament. 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, the great books. And it tells us that we can know that we have salvation through these books. It's a great book. But I want to give you, while you're turning there, this, this definition of biblical love that I found online. First thing it says is that biblical love is self-sacrificing. We're not always great at that. I think sometimes we muster up that sacrifice like, oh, man, there's only one chicken nugget left. I love you guys so much that I'm going to let you eat the chicken nugget. That's how much I, see how much I've sacrificed. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about so much more than that. But biblical love is self-sacrificing, putting our own wants, desires, maybe even needs aside so that somebody else. But listen to the second part. This is huge. That is a caring commitment, caring commitment that shows itself in seeking the highest Good of the one loved. Ooh. Like I, I, my, my job here is not to make you feel good about yourself. And we're going to talk, we'll mention this several times today. And if you've been around here at all, you've heard me say that if you've got a piece of spinach in your teeth, I'm going to tell you about it. It's awkward, right? Everybody knows that, right? You're talking to somebody and you can't even hear what they say because they've got a big piece of spinach in their teeth. And some of you would actually let that person go on talking. And I'm like, what kind, of, what kind of people are you? You know, I went through a whole meeting the other day, and I had eaten something with a lot of pepper in it, and they never told me, and I got in the car. And I was like, what? You didn't even tell me. You just let me talk. And I was so embarrassed. It would have just been better if they had said, hey, bro, you got pepper all in your teeth. Go to the bathroom and get it out. I mean, have you ever told somebody you got something in their teeth, and they were like, how dare you tell me I've got something in my teeth? No, they're like, 
thank you for telling me, not let me run around town with spinach in my teeth. No. And so one of the things that I have to do is I have to get in your business a little bit as the pastor of this church because I have to tell you the truth in love. And sometimes it feels like, bro, you got some spinach in your teeth. You don't want it in there. It looks bad. Don't go through life with spinach in your teeth. Get it fixed. Get better. And that's, that's part of the process. And that is itself seeking the highest good, right, the highest good of the one love. I love you, so I'm going to tell you that the highest good in your life is I can get, just shove you towards Jesus, get you to understand his laws, his precepts, his commands, and that you would follow them. That's for me first. I talk to myself first. I preach to myself first. So long before I'm delivering this message to you, I preached it to myself. The word of God has impacted my life. It's challenged me. I'm not going to unpack everything that this challenged me with, but challenged me with a lot. But what I do know about our world and about the time that we live in is there is a whole lot of talk and not a lot of walk. A whole lot of talk. We've said that for years. He talks to talk and walks to walk. Well, what I know about people who are walking is typically you don't hear them talking a lot because they're too busy walking, right? That's what they're doing. They're just, they're getting to it. They're ministering. And so I just want to, I want to do that in my own life. I don't want to just talk about loving Jesus and him loving me. I want to show it. I want it to be demonstrative in my life because that's what God did on the cross for me. Romans 5, 8 said he clearly demonstrated his love for us and that way we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It's, it showed us there's power in it. There's an understanding, and yet we've got to understand it more. So less hype, probably less stuff, probably less chocolate. I'm not saying don't buy chocolate this year, guys, so don't come at me and send me an email. I didn't buy chocolate. It was catastrophic. You know what I mean? No. Do whatever you need to do there. That's between you and your wife and God, right? But what, what I do believe that women want and husbands want and people want and want is they just want to be authentically loved. They want to be told it, and they want to be shown it, right? And guys aren't always great about the, the telling part, right? So, well, I want you to tell me you love me more. Why not? I bring home the bacon. <laughs> okay, I still want to be told. I still want to be, like, told that, that you love me. And more than that, I want you to show me that you love me. Will you help out? And, guys, you will never become more attractive than what? When you're doing the dishes, right? Some of you just need to get in there and do the dishes and, you know, cue music, whatever. It's just become, ladies, can I get an amen to that? So this is a help out. Grab a vacuum, sweep the floor, change a diaper. You will instantaneously move up in the rankings if you do this. I promise you, I've, just, I've experienced it in my life. See, less hype, more substance. Love needs to be displayed. God wants you to experience love. He wants you to give love. He wants you to show love. He wants you to live love. He wants you to experience love in every area of your life, not just on Valentine's Day. Right? In Paul's writings a couple weeks ago, he said, I want to know Christ in the fellowship of his suffering. Because he understood to know, to know Christ, to know God, is to love him. The more you know him, the more you love him. The more you love him and the more you know him, the better you'll be able to love each other. It's beautiful. So 1 John takes his, his place, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a puncher of a book. Really, all three of them are. It's like, boom. But it's not without love. In fact, John was called the beloved. Jesus loved him. He, called, he said that about himself, but it's, it's, it'll hit you, but it's good for us. So let's jump in in verse 7 here. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 says this, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God, and anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. 
Anybody grew up singing that song back in the day in church? A few of you, right? First John 4, 7 and 8. He loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. Beloved, let us love one another, First John 4, 7 and 8. Right, that's one way to memorize scripture is to sing it, right? And so we got it, and I know that's old King James English, but it's in there. You can't get it out of me. I'll be singing this probably on my deathbed, right? That is, is, is so ingrained in me that the scripture is in me. But dear friends, so right away he said, like, we're going to address some stuff. We're going to get to it. But beloved, loved ones, I love you. I'm going to tell you some things, but I love you. And the first thing he says is, like, let us continue to love one another. Why do you think he wrote this? Is because we struggle with it. We struggle with the continuing process. We're really good on Valentine's Day, and we're really good on anniversaries, right? But then somewhere along the line, it's like, I'm aggravated. I've had a bad day at work, so everybody's going to know about it instead of just continuing in love, the demonstrative way that we should love here. There's a readiness in this approach to love all there. And listen to this. Anything, anything, any place, any person Outside of that is not connected with God that is talking about love or saying they're going to take you to a place of love or will help you experience love and they are not connected with God, it's a farce. It's a facade. It's a lie. It's a path that is not going anywhere but destruction. Ladies, 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 if a guy is trying to woo you, to bring you in, and tell you he loves you and that you're so beautiful and he can't wait to spend forever with you. But he can't wait for a few minutes or a few months or a few years. Even something's wrong. It's a facade. You need to get, you need to get, hey, tell him. You need to get right. Get your life right. Then we'll go after it. This is because God is the, the source of love. And so apart from him, it, it's, it's all just a joke. It's an absolute joke, and you'll, you'll understand that the more you're connected to him, God manifests himself in the flesh with his son, Jesus. It says in verse 8, anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So if you're ever talking, I just, I just love God so much. I just love God so much. I guess, man, I just love God. God's so good. Let's sing about the goodness of God. And you go home and treat your family like garbage every day. Something's wrong. Something like, and maybe nobody sees that. That's your own private little world. But there is somebody who sees it. Your family sees it. And if you're going to be this guy on Sunday, but this guy on Tuesday night, then they're going to call you out on it later on. Sometimes they're going to get old enough to go, mm, or maybe they're just too terrified to tell you about it. They want to tell you you got spinach in your teeth, but they're afraid of you. And we all know what's, what's happening, but this is something wrong. See, Sometimes we think like, oh, God, God just loves me so much, and I just love him so much. But what we have to fundamentally understand is that he, he doesn't just love, he is love. Now, I say that, and we've said that. If you've been in church at all, you've heard that, like God is love. But what needs to happen when I say that is it needs to go, okay, like God is love. Yes, 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 okay, okay, God is love. Then we experience something. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It's experiential truth. You will know the love of God. You will experience the love of God, and it will settle in a little deeper. And then you begin to study because you should study to show yourself approved, and then you will study the love of God, and you will like, wow, God really loves me. And then you start putting it in a perspective. Look, we've done, if you've been in church at all, you talk about God gave his only son for you, his only one. 
Like, I love you guys, but I just don't think there's a scenario when I'm going to give my only daughter for you guys. I'm sorry. That's just not going to happen. And I don't think you would fault me for it because you wouldn't do the same for me, right? It's, it's just the way it is. But God loved you so much. And not, by the way, again, not when you got it all figured out, not when you were just towing the line and everything was perfect, but when you were completely jacked up, God said, I'm going to give my son to you, and he's going to die this crazy, horrific death for you, and you go like, wow, okay? And then again, it takes another level. We begin to drive into some depths of understanding the love of God, and then just about time you got it figured all out, God breaks in and shows you a whole other room of his love, a whole other aspect, a whole other attribute, a, a, a detail of it, and you're like, what? And so if you don't understand that well, something is wrong because God is fundamentally and essentially love. He is loving, but he is love, right? So John gets this, and he's, he's helping us to understand this, right? And if we, if we, if we love, if we're going to claim to be loved by him and claim that we love him, that is imperative for us to love others well, and some of you are sitting here again, like I mentioned earlier, and say, well, well, if God loves me, I'm, I have a little bit of question, then why did this happen? Why did I lose this person in my life? Or why did I lose this job or not get this thing that I wanted? And as I've said many times, you cannot escape disappointment in life. But God is, is not here. He loves you too much. I think Max Locato said he loves you too much to just give you everything that pops up in your mind all at once. Right? Because sometimes we just act crazy. Like, I just really want that thing right over there. It looks beautiful. God's like, no, you're not going to get that. Yeah, but I really want it. He's like, no, that's trouble. I'm going to keep that from you for your own sake because you're too mm, to get it, <laughs> to understand it. So I'm actually going to protect you from yourself. And I thank God that he doesn't give us everything that comes into our minds all at once for his protection. Verse 9 says this. says, God showed how much he loved for us. This is just like Romans 5.8. By sending his one and only son in the world that we might have eternal life through him. Not by sending flowers. Not by sending chocolates. Not by sending singing grams, right? Nothing like that. And what I love about this is that he did not use stuff to fix brokenness. He used relationship. And he still uses relationship today. Sometimes we come, the Bible says in James, it confess your faults to another so that you can be healed. Confess your faults to one another so that you can be healed. God does the healing, but he uses people in the process. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing that I would come to people that I trust and say, hey, man, you know what I mean? I've just, like, I've just been feeling like a jerk lately. I don't know why I just want to yell at everybody. What is it? And they're like, hey, let's pray, man. I'm glad you told me about that. Every week, people come and they, they say something to me like this. I said, let's pray right now. Let's ask that God will help right now. You've made it known. You confess the fault. I believe that the Lord is going to use us, use me, use whoever that you just confess this to in the healing process to get better. He uses relationship to fix relationship, not stuff. So people, if you will understand this, it's like, oh, I really, really messed up. Let me show up with flowers. I mean, if the women were honest or the men, because we both mess up, right, what we'd understand is, like, if you're sorry, just don't do it again, right? Like, really? You're sorry? Then why does this happen every couple weeks? What is that? Just do better, right? Just do better. It's okay to make mistakes. Just make new ones. So what is love? What does it look like? The biblical love is sacrificial. We understand that. We've been talking about it, Jesus, but it's also sacrificial from you. Again, 
It has to be more than just, the, oh, I did without this for you. No, it's different. First John 3.16 says this. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. How many of you will like, literally lay down? I know physically most men in here would lay their lives down for their family. Wouldn't even be a, a thing. I got to die for my family in a second. I mean, I'll go, I'll go wild for my family, right? In the name of Jesus, of course. <laughs> I mean, but go wild. You know, don't even mess with my family, right? But, but, to, but to lay down, what about to lay down my attitude every day? I'll lay it down physically. But will I lay it down attitudinally? <laughs> will I lay that down? Because that's important, too. It's not only sacrificial, and sacrificial, it, sacrificial is this, but, but biblical love has to have action. That's why I said less, less, less talky, more walky. <laughs> Pastor Cruz said, don't talk about it. Be about it. Be about it. We got to be about this. It has to have action. First John 3.18 says this, and I, and I love the way he says this at the end. Let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and truth. Oh. This is what I was alluding to earlier when I was saying the world has distorted things and they will say, okay, now I'm going to show up and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you this thing that I'm struggling with, whatever it is, I'm going to show it to you. And you must accept that behavior as okay because that's how I know you love me. <laughs> no. No. Right, We're, there, There's a standard for us to follow. And again, my job is not to tell you wonderful things about yourself to make you feel good about yourself. My, my job is to give you the truth and equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. That's what I'm going to do. So again, if you have spinach in your teeth, I'm going to tell you you have spinach in your teeth. doesn't mean I don't love you because you have spinach in your teeth. In fact, I'm telling you that because of that. One of the world's greatest atheists, renowned atheists, um, IQ brilliance, but missing the, the fundamental part of life that, that there is a God who loves him. He said this about uh, an interaction he had with somebody who was trying to minister to him. The atheist is Penn Jillette, the, the magician. If you're wondering, you can look it up online yourself. But this is what he said. This person ministered to him, and he said, I actually respect this guy. I don't believe him, but I respect him. If you think, and this is what he was saying about the Christian community, if you think there was a bus that is coming to hit me, how much do you have to hate me not to tell me about it? If you really believe that there was a bus that's going to hit me and send me into eternity and you won't tell me about it? What in the world? And so we look at this and I go, I'm telling you this because I love you. We have to have a standard. And so John is trying to let us know that there is a standard here. There is truth. There's a whole bunch of love, but there's got to be truth on this that's grounded. And by the way, if you're trying to minister to people in this world, a little bit of love gives you a large platform to, to speak into their life. And sometimes you want to show up with truth before they understand that you love them. It doesn't go very well. A few months ago, I was up on Lincoln Road. Anybody ever been to Lincoln Road? That's its own crazy place, right? <laughs> up on Lincoln Road, and I was up there, and there was a street preacher, and he was on the megaphone, and he was like, turn and burn. You're all going to hell. And what I didn't see was a bunch of people running there going, lead me to Jesus. No, they were walking by going, this guy is a psychopath, as they blew pot smoke in his face, <laughs> right? <laughs> Lincoln Road. <laughs> and so, like, I'm going like, is he wrong? 
No, I don't. Unfortunately, I think he's right. Maybe not about everybody, but if it, maybe if he would have just stopped and were like, hey, 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 I love you guys. I'd love to sit down and talk with you and share a little bit. Is there a place for that? Maybe. Perhaps. That's not for me to judge so much, but what I do understand is that a little bit of love gives a large platform into people's life. And love, as I like to say, my own personal definition that I stole from my dad, who probably stole from something else, is provision and protection. Simple, simple, two-word definition of love. If you love someone, you will provide for them and you will protect them. That's what you will do. And if, if, if either of those are absent, absent I'm going to question whether or not you actually love like this. This is the grand proof of God's love that he provided for us a way out of death, hell, and the grave. He provided that on the cross, and he has continued to protect us daily if we will just live in him, if we'll just stay connected to the vine, if we will remain, abide, stay in him, he will continue to protect us. And he does this, and he leads us to real life and real love. This is what we're talking about. Verse 10 says, this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Oof. It wasn't like, again, it's not that, oh, I just became worthy because I put on my suit and walked into church. No. No, you, you weren't going to be worthy of the love of God. He showed up first. He put it in there. God initiated the love towards us. We are the ones who receive that. And it's the goodness of God, as we just sang, that brings people to repentance. When you understand the goodness of God, the love of God, the care, the provision, the protection of love, when you understand that, it's going to draw you near to him. And as you draw near to him, we should want more of it. And it should drive us deeper and deeper. Verse 11 says, dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely, and here's a key word here, ought to love each other. It's jumping back on the continuing thing. Why do we struggle with loving each other so much? Anybody have anybody in your life that's really hard to love? Yeah. Welcome to the club. There's a bunch of them. It's South Florida people. <laughs> like sometimes some of these people just, they're like a drill at the dentist. And you have to put yourself in timeout. I put myself in timeout. I'm like, you're going to have to get a time out and pray for this person because otherwise um, <laughs> anything could come out. It's not okay. We ought to love one another. And guess what? There's a bunch of people. There's hundreds of people in this room, and there's two services before this with hundreds of people in this room. Some of you aren't going to like each other that much. But you got to love everybody. You love everybody, some people you like. <laughs> That's just the way it is. I don't need you to be best friends with everybody. But I need you to love everybody. And I need you to demonstrate that love. And this is something that we ought to do. This is something that should be in our love. And it's not your own motivation. Again, you don't sit in the corner and try to squeeze out a drop of love. It's God's love, this grand love, this great understanding of God's vast love for us. That is the motivation for us loving others. Because he loves them. If he loves them, I love them. And I begin to see people as he sees them. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Again, if this commitment is in itself seeking the highest good of the one that is loved. I'm going to love you and I'm seeking the highest good. I know you don't love me. And I know it could be your boss, could be your spouse, could be your kids, could be your brother, could be anybody that's just trying to drive in you. One of the highest 
beautiful, most beautiful things is, is that if we can actually do what the Bible says and begin to pray for them in those moments. They need it, you need it, we need it, society needs it. But there's not a lot of those type of moments on when, when the blood pressure is pumping, when your pulse is up, there's not a lot of people going, let me just pray for you. It's just not a lot of it. But God is love and he makes it possible for me to love well. Verse 12 says, no one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to its full expression in us. The full expression, another version says, it's perfected. Perfected love. Well, don't raise your hand, but how many want perfected love? I want perfect. I want perfected love in me. I want perfected love in my relationship with my wife and my daughter. I want perfected love all. I want to just operate in it. I want to live in it. I want to receive it. What that perfection is, is full maturity in who God says you should be and how you should love. Be mature, but there's not a lot of maturity around. It's like the first time we run into any conflict, it's like. That's why the continuing to love part just chops. There's no more. I will not love you. In fact, not only will I not love you, I'll talk about you on Facebook. I'll rally a community of people and I'll tell them everything that you did or didn't do, maybe some extra stuff just because I want you on my side. Now we just totally have blown it. We have totally blown it. When he said, just do this, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. John knew that he was never going to arrive at this place by himself. He knew that. I know that about me. It's not about personality types. I, I know my personality. I know I, I can be abrasive and I can be hard and I can be loud and I can, I, I understand that, but I, but I also understand this about myself. Like I'm not, I'm not going to be able to get there without the, whole, without the help of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to be able to get there. So sometimes, again, I got to put myself in timeout, which is quite often, right? I put myself, hey, go sit down, like shut up and love me. Yeah, but love it. <laughs> and God's so kind, He doesn't say this. I say this to myself. Just, just shut up. Is there any excuses for days? Remember when I talked about that a few weeks ago? It's cause. That's my, my least favorite thing. I was going to do this, but it's because, it's because this that I didn't do that, or it's because this that I did do that. And it's like, doesn't, does it even matter? The result is the same. Oh, I just popped my lip. It's because I've had a stressful couple of weeks. No, it's because it's that's inside of you. That's why I came out. I don't, like, I, it's because I had a bad day at work that I just, like, just rail on my kids for the whole night. I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just trying to help us get the spinach out of our teeth. But in, instead of, like, placing a complete trust in myself, like, if I just try really, really hard, I just, like, beat myself into submission. No. I, I need God to run the show in my life. I need him to, to run the show. I need to be on autopilot because if, I'm, if I start steering 
we're going to get ourselves in trouble. And God is abiding in me. He hasn't left me. He's not leaving me. He's not going to start leaving me. He's in me and I'm in him. I'm connected. He's working on me. The Holy Spirit is moving in my life. And John understood it and I understand it. And I believe you understand it to some degree. But we got to get better. There's got to be progress in this. Verse 13 said, as God has given us his spirit as a proof that we live in him and he is in us. That's the spirit of God. I've told you a thousand times. You don't need a you-led life and you don't need me to lead your life. You need the Holy Spirit to lead your life. And he's very much wanting to guide you. He's very much wanting to comfort you. He's very much wanting to lead you, but you got to let him. And real love, I'm talking about real love, happens when we surrender to God's way of living and loving. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this. Furthermore, verse 14, real quick. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Stand with me real quick. I've got a couple more things I want to say to you, but I want to wrap up in just a minute. Biblical love should lead you somewhere. The number one place I, I believe it should lead you is obedience. If you will do what God tells you to do. So let's go back to the question. Does God really love me? Yes. So clearly demonstrated that on the cross while you were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5 8. 5 8, right? Also, John 15, uh, oh, no, 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 here, I want you to see this. First John 5, 3, but this is what I mean. It leads to us to obedience. Now, do you really love God? Here's the test for you, right? Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Do you love God? Do you keep his commandments? Well, it's because <laughs> it's, it's, it's cause I, like, I love him, but it's because it's I was going to. What are we doing? Now, part of this is us. Part of it is your family. And part of it is this, the biggest part of it. Because if I don't understand how much he loves me deeply, how in the world can I love deeply? But if I understand deeply that he loves me, all of a sudden that just begins to come out. I don't have to try. It just begins, I'm getting better. I still got, to, I got work to do. He's working on me. John 15, 12 says this. This is the gospel of John. He said, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. The order is tall. The order is tall. We're not going to pick apart Ephesians chapter 5, but every, the women hate it. And the guys love it until the guys really understand it, right? The women should be submissive to their husbands. Ah, you know, ah. And then what if we read it backwards? Women should love your Christ. Women, uh, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Whoa. All of a sudden, all of the weight just, I feel like all of the weight is on me. Because when I love my wife like Christ loved the church, <laughs> easy, Okay. And when I, when, I, when I just receive, I don't have to work for it. I can't work for it. I just receive it, right? And that's what God wants from us. And so I pray that, and I'm going to pray in a minute that this would happen, that this stirring would happen, because as I mentioned earlier, God wants you to experience love like you've never experienced this season in every area of your life. But man, some of you got to get your fingers out of the wound to heal a little bit. Would you bow your heads with me?
Listen, nobody's looking around. I just want to tell you again, I love you. Let that sink in. I love you. Every person in this room, I love you. Bigger than all of that, there is a God, same God who created the world. He spoke it to ex- in existence. He, he breathed life into man. He holds the planets in motion. His hand spans the universe, and he looks down all the way down and sees the details of your life, and he's telling from his heart to your heart, I love you. I love you. in this room today and as I mentioned earlier have been absolutely mangled at the hands of people hurt I'm so sorry for that that is not how God would ever treat you just receive that healing right in this moment just let the healing of the Holy Spirit just come over your heart today all of the hurt with, all, with healing and such a special special feeling let's just all pray this prayer together Father I believe say it again Father I believe I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you are my Lord and Savior Thank you for loving me. When I was at my worst, thank you for loving me. Thank you for continuing to love me. Father, we just love you so much. We're so thrilled that you just want to meet with us. that we'll all leave here in just a minute with a deeper understanding. In fact, even right now, Holy Spirit, just deepen our understanding. Enlarge our capacity to understand. Open the eyes of our heart, Lord, to understand how much you love us. Holy Spirit, help us to understand how big and wide and deep is your love, God. We receive it. Breathe it in. We live in it, we walk in it, and we ask that you will continue to have your way. We pray all this in the mighty, wonderful name of Jesus, amen and amen. Can we put our hands together for the word of God? Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. If you want more information about LifePoint or want to get in contact with us, please visit us at www.lpc.is. We hope you have an awesome week. Grace and peace.